scripture reading this morning is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature, nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The second reading, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. Because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. And the judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. These are the words of the Lord. told Chuck I asked him to read the scripture this morning because in this series on the slowness of whatever I just think an Oklahoma drawl just kind of takes it that's what I like I just couldn't ask somebody from New York this morning to read read you know too fast pace of our lives is fast and it's getting faster we're ripping through each day each week each year with just great velocity. And our expectation about the speed of life is increasing. Whether it's cell phone service or the healing we need from some physical ailment or tax returns or air travel, we expect it faster. Wouldn't it be great if we could just slow down? You ever hear that? I'm just crazy busy. I just wish things would slow down. So many people are trying to find a slower lifestyle. And we want it fast, don't we? And as we speed up, we we become more impatient. Scriptures speak of patience. Patience means slowness, not only in, in the pace of our lives, but in relationships, in attitudes, in our speaking and in our listening, 
in our schedule, in our, all of our living, really, patience. Anyone feel the need to be more patient? Boy, I could be more patient in my life. I know I could be more patient. Someone famously said, patience is a virtue. The past two Sundays, we've preached on the slowness of God, patience with God, the patience in suffering, the slowness of suffering, and this morning, it's the slowness of lifestyle, which is patience, in essence. In the Bible, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience doesn't come just because we're taking yoga or start to breathe more deeply at our desk. Uh, and it's not just patience for the sake of patience. Patience comes from a life in communion with God. It comes from the Spirit of God. It is a life that is lived by the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. Right after listing patience as a fruit of the Spirit, it says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I'm talking about Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those passions and desires can be anger or irritability or resentment or resistance, all which are forms of impatience. When things don't move our way, or fast enough, we can become demanding, we can become a little testy, and we become more self-centered. Patience will come as the cross of Jesus Christ is more central in our lives, because something is going to have to die. And you know what? It's not your spouse, and it's not your kid, and it's not your boss. It's you, and it's me. Um, it's our expectations, it's our ambitions, it's our wants and desires that need to be crucified with Christ because it's our passions and our desires that work impatience in us. I think most people would say that uh, they need or they want to be more patient. And a slower lifestyle is a patient lifestyle. It is not one of rush and strain and hurry. It knows how to stop. How to wait. How to give room. How to adjust. A patient, slow lifestyle knows how to be merciful. How to wait on the Spirit. Oswald Chambers, I think he had it right when he said, the busyness of things obscures our concentration on God. Never let a hurried lifestyle Disturb the relationship of abiding in him. This is an easy thing to allow, but we must guard against it. A patient lifestyle involves surrendering to God. It means learning to live not at the speed of light, but at the pace of grace. It is living under the influence of the Spirit. So how does the slowness of living come about? Where do we need patience in our living? Well, I think one place we need patience probably is with God. We move fast. Waiting times are becoming 
uh, are, are de- decreasing. We need them to decrease, so God had better fit into this, right? But as we've taken the new speed of life and we've tried to apply it to God and we try to apply it to life with God, we get a wake-up call because we can find God to be very slow, very slow. God often doesn't work in nanoseconds. He works in years, decades, generations, centuries. He's, you know, God is eternal. He literally has all the time in the world. He literally has all the time in the world. And his timetable will often be quite different from ours. Do you remember how slow Jesus was in showing up to Lazarus' tomb? I mean, it's crisis time, and he takes four days to lollygag to get there. And everybody's wondering about this, saying, what took you so long? Why did you take your own sweet time in this situation that requires a lot of speed and haste right now? We need patience with God because we have expectations about how he should be working for us, right? We want to be a finished product now. But God takes us through ups and through downs, uh, times of darkness, seasons of unevenness to make us. We want the answer. We want the solution now. But God makes us wait, which usually involves greater trust, which usually makes us cling to him more. And is that such a bad place to be? Last week I mentioned one New Testament word for patience, which kind of means endurance. There's another. The second word for patience used in the New Testament means long-suffering. Long-suffering. That's the opposite of immediacy. It is the opposite of the quick fix. And when we're under pressure, when we're under pain, we cry out to God, we want God to help us, and when he doesn't fix the problem immediately, which he rarely does, We go through long suffering. James writes to Christians who are suffering injustice, and he tells them to have this kind of patience. Because he says, the Lord is coming. And when he does, he'll set all things right. They will not always have to live under this pressure. And James uses three examples of this long-suffering patience. First, the example of the farmer who plants his crop. And a farmer who plants his crop in March does not expect to see the produce in April. He knows it's going to take time and the right season. James' second example is the prophets who suffered long for speaking the word of God when it was often unpopular to do so. And they took a lot of abuse for their faithfulness to God. And then the third example is Job, who persevered through great loss in his own life, but he was restored. Sometimes we're attacked. Sometimes we're provoked. Sometimes we're misrepresented. A spirit-filled life is going to patiently hold the tongue, is going to keep peace, Wait patiently for God to right whatever wrong has been done in his time. Sometimes that takes a long time. It takes a long time because it is those very things that God is often using us to shape us, to grow our souls, to make us stronger in him. We need to grow. We need to go slow with God. 
We need patience with others. We need patience with God. We need patience with others. There are people who do let us down. There are people who slow us down. There are people who frustrate us. And we can yell and we can scream and we can kick. I've tried it. We can throw a temper tantrum. We can be dramatic or we can be patient. There will be people who always ask us for something at the exact wrong time for us. And we need to remember that God comes to us and tests us in and through those people whom he puts in our way. You know how it is. We have things that we want to accomplish, work we need to do. Someone comes and interrupts the progress. But could these interruptions, could these interruptions be that trial sent by God to keep us from getting too selfish in our work? Sometimes I wonder. And maybe stopping to be with that child or that person is the most important part that we can do right then and there for God and maybe even for ourselves. We might need to learn the patience to trust that God will provide the time that we need to finish that task or whatever it is we think is so important. Patience will allow us to go more slowly with our children and with their progress. It will help us grow more slowly with our teenagers as they grow into themselves, body, mind, and soul, and spend the needed time with them. It will help with people who God sends into our lives to slow us down. Patience will help us with an aging parent, um, an exasperating boss, a questioning neighbor. And while we're listing people with whom we need to be patient, why don't we put ourselves on that list, shall we? What do you think? Do we need to be patient with ourselves? Sometimes I can be immensely patient with others, but terribly impatient with myself. We can be so driven, find it hard to wait. And part of our struggle with waiting is that we aren't accomplishing anything, are we? We aren't being productive. I always think I need to be doing something. I need to be getting that list done. And that is why rest and stillness and quiet are so hard for me because I need to be getting something done. And waiting doesn't feel like I'm getting anything done. Indeed, those passions and desires need to come to the cross, need to be crucified with Christ. God might make us wait just because he wants to break us from our slavery to productivity and and efficiency. Uh, Productivity can become an idol that takes the place of God and Christ's rightful place in our hearts. In his book, um, An Unhurried Life by Alan Fadlin, An Unhurried Life, he says sometimes we get snared by the belief that we are what we do. And he makes the important distinction that what we do is an expression of who we are, but what we do does not establish who we are. Difference between an expressing who we are and establishing who we are. And we get these confused because all our focus is on accomplishing. And we want to accomplish because it might lead to a better reputation, which might lead to a better position, which will lead to a larger salary, which will lead to better perks and more prestige, which might bring more recognition, which will bring greater influence, which might make us 
greater in our sense of security, all of which will give us a feeling of accomplishment. If I do good things, I must be good, right? And my self-worth gets defined by what I accomplish. And it may produce impressive quantitative results and a great resume, but it can also harden our hearts. And we can become less kind and less gentle and less patient because we're so pushed and hyperactive toward accomplishing. And then we start to beat ourselves up when we don't perform up to our own expectations of ourselves. You see how impatience can become a form of unhealthy self-love, self-love? We grow impatient with problems. We want the immediate fix. We want the shortest way possible to the end we want or that we think is best. An ancient Chinese sage said this, asked this, I should say. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? We face situations all the time over which we have no control. And a slow life is not a forced life. We look much better when we look like we're doing something. But as I heard someone wisely say one time, waiting and seeing what God will do is no waste of time. Yes, there are things that do require a certain immediacy, but there are many things that it would not hurt for us to step back and let God. What dilemma are you facing? What are you facing right now? What dilemma? I wonder how many times in the problems God is present in a way that we would just never expect, but we get so busy and worked up that we can't sit still long enough to detect God's hidden work. Perhaps our prayer should not be, fix it, Lord, but our prayer should be, Lord, give me the patience to wait for your time and your way. And in the meantime, show me what you want me to see about myself about others, and about you. We need to be patient with ourselves. We need to be patient with others. We need to be patient with God. And it will give us a quiet heart. What's the state of your heart? Does it seem like I-15 is running right through it? Or does your heart look like Rysekel Stadium on game day? Quiet heart, that is what patience brings. Someone shared a prayer for me and with me last year for a quiet heart. I really appreciated this. Here is, here is the prayer this person gave to me. Lord, give to me a quiet heart that does not ask to understand, but confident steps forward in the darkness guided by thy hand. Well, how can I surrender to, this, to the Spirit of God so that He can grow this patience in me? How can we practice a more slow and patient lifestyle? Well, first of all, it takes time. Imagine that. Um, but 
to return to Alan Fadling. He writes about his attempts at what he calls the, the discipline of slowing. The discipline of slowing. We practice the discipline of slowing by consciously doing things that are going to slow us down. For example, intentionally choosing to drive in the far right-hand slow lane. And then when all those cars are passing you and it's bothering you, pay attention to that. It's telling you something about you. Or, we practice slowing by walking more slowly. Or even going out for a walk intentionally to walk slowly. Stroll. Hey, you skiers. You skiers. Maybe you ought to just start taking the green runs more. One day you just take the green runs, and when you take them, you stop three times on the way down. And then when you get to the bottom at the lift, you wait for all the other skiers to get in line before you. And yeah, you'll have to wait 60 seconds before you get to the lift. Or we become less available. We carry our cell phones with us. They, they, they produce instant and constant access. And... Uh, we leave them once in a while. You won't be tempted to text or to talk on the run if you put them down and leave them somewhere else. Uh, and that will foster a little more patient of a lifestyle. Shut off the email and that instant messaging and everything else once in a while so that every time somebody sends you a message, it's not going to always flash before your eyes. Check it later. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. You know, listening is a form of patience. We put somebody else above us while we listen to them. It's a way of putting ourselves underneath somebody. Look for the longest line in the grocery store and don't pull out your phone and start checking your messages while you're waiting. Stop. Look around. Notice people and notice things while you wait. Forget the microwave and use the oven or the stove. Can you imagine? And don't Pull out your phone and start checking your messages while you're waiting for whatever to cook. Those of you who are in our class this morning, we just talked about this. Practice Sabbath. The Sabbath. God has given us a day to stop, to rest, to shut down all the other things that might fill the rest of our week. Practicing the Sabbath will help us have a slower lifestyle. It is a day to be slow. It is a day to shut it all down and worship God. And if we can't do that, pay attention to what is happening in your life because whatever it is, it is working against the Spirit of God. Pray. Pray can slow us down. And by pray, I mean set aside a time and even just a few minutes to be still and be alone with God. Talk to Him. Listen to Him. Just sit with Him. Don't pray as you drive. I'm not talking about praying as you run or praying as you ski or with your phone on next to you. Stop and pray. Patience comes from a life lived by and with the Spirit of the living God because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. That's what it says. And fruit grows through intentional nurture, care, 
and fruit grows on good, healthy trees. And patience comes from a life that is planted and nourished by the spirit of the living God. Patience is spirituality. Christian spirituality is not a set of archaic ideas. It is a life energized by the spirit of God. A patient lifestyle is a spirituality. And so, once again, we come back to these words. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. Yet it is the law of all progress that is made by passing through some stages of instability, and that may take a very long time. So let's give God the time that he needs to make us more patient so that we can be okay with the slowness of a spirit-led life. Let me leave some time for quiet prayer, and then I'll close us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us quiet hearts so that we can live more patiently in, in all relationships, in all our work, in all our responsibilities. 